Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you very much, Dick Warren. And in studio with me today, our co-host, I don't think we can call you a guest anymore, that would be Alex Terranova, the Dream Mason. Good morning. Good morning to you. You, you sound very relaxed. I'm relaxed. I'm happy. There's there's like, you know, so you much look, going on in the world. You look smarter. So on Friday, I uh, I don't want to say I got diagnosed, because that seems serious <laughs> in the world we live in. Uh, but I, I, uh, I went to an eye doctor, and she was like, yeah, you uh, you could, it would you, it would serve you to have some glasses for, for uh, computer reading, writing. And I was like, oh, I'm old now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got some glasses. And, but I have to say, so Friday I got glasses. Yes. Monday morning, I recorded a call. Yesterday, I reviewed that call, and I got my first seven ever. So glasses actually do make you smarter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was wondering if it was your first seven on the way down, like usually you were nines, or it's your mm. first seven on the way up. First seven on the way up. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah and thanks for constantly be... improving your coaching skills. Now, speaking of coaching skills, tell the people you're, you've been a coach for how long, and we'll, where do we find you? What I've been a coach for you? five years. You can find me at thedreammason.com. I wrote a book last year called Fictional Authenticity. I just released a course called Fictional Authenticity. So not to be confused there, this is very similar, same name. And uh, yeah, here in studio with you in San Diego. I, I found out also yesterday that a lot of people are jealous that I get to do this with you. No, nobody's jealous. No, for <laughs> that's, real. That's Pe- people are, I was on the phone with somebody and they were asking me questions about podcasts and, and, you know, I have the Dream Mason podcast. I just released a new podcast called the Flip the Lens with, a, with a, uh, two other people and we kind of co-hosted together. Right, it's not a, it's not an episode. It's a it's, it's a whole new podcast. Yeah, it's like a it's like a view or like a daily show mm-hmm. kind of where we talk about vulnerable and and kind of topics that most people don't talk about. And I mentioned that I co-host this with you, and the person went, "What? No way!" And I was like, I, I, "Wow, you you're more excited about it than I am." <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really true. What is that person's name and phone number? Um, All right. Uh, well, thank you for being here as always. Uh, bringing the uh, sort of until you got glasses, a younger person's perspective. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. I've got 27, might be eight years of experience, master certified coach, and a purveyor of many things, including this here podcast. Each and every week, bringing you uh, people out on the cutting edge, people doing something interesting in the world of coaching that you need to know about today is no exception. We have an extraordinary guest. but uh, And I want to I want to bring her in here, and then I'm going to totally shut us down by talking about the coronavirus. You got the plan? That's sure. The, yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, let's go. You seem too relaxed today. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I, you know, I don't know. I got, maybe I'm just happy too, because I got all, I had a bunch of plane tickets, and I went online last night and changed all of them and got all the tickets for half of what I had paid for them originally. I should totally do that. And they credited me all the money, and I'm like, and now I'm looking for extra plane tickets, because... I don't know. I'm flying everywhere. Like, if I'm going to die, it's probably going to be some other way. It's not going to be a virus. <laughs> Boy, I, uh, I find that mildly interesting. Let's talk about our guest. <laughs> our, our guest is uh, Susan Bratton's an extraordinary uh, powerhouse of a human. She's an intimacy wellness expert. She's a champion and advocate for those who desire intimacy and passion their whole life long. She's a best-selling author. She's publisher of lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. Make up your mind. No, I'm kidding. And uh, uh, 
extraordinary works and things that you need to know about. You can also find her at the Susan Bratton Show on YouTube at betterlover.com. I think you have to say it that way, don't you? I, I, I watch some episodes. They're good. You have a little Barry White on and a glass of wine. And... <laughs> All right. Let's bring her to our microphones. Susan Bratton, hello. Good morning, you. guys. Great to see you today. Such a lo- lovely uh, ray of sunshine. I'm going to go co-host her show. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll look around outside. Where do you find yourself today? Well, I'm from Mill Valley, California. Oh, I'm beautiful. up on Mount Tamalpais, the mountain where mountain biking was invented. I live oh, up wow. on a sunny knoll overlooking the Redwoods and San Francisco. It's beautiful up there. Have you been? I have not. I've never heard of it. I mean, I've heard of San Francisco, but I've not heard of this wonderful place. While you're getting plane tickets. tickets. (laughs) Yeah, go All right. Uh, Uh, Actually, we don't want you to come here right now. (laughs) Just stay home. (laughs) I'm very healthy. I've never had the flu. I've never even had a cold since I was 10 years old. So... Right. The only problem is that you would contract the coronavirus and then you'd transmit it to all of the people around you. So... The best thing that you can do is social distancing so that you're not a germ vector killing others, even if you're healthy. Well, let's let's talk about this then. Now we're, <laughs> we're Christopher, into Christopher, it stop now. kissing my neck. Please stop kissing my neck, Christopher. <laughs> I'm getting such mixed signals. Can we talk about this, Susan? Um, so first of all, let's talk about this coronavirus because you're exactly yeah. right, Susan Bratton, that what we need to do is uh, this social distancing. And in yeah. fact, there's a hilarious uh, uh, tweet of a photo of uh, Biden last night with his acceptance speech, and nobody was within like 25 feet of the guy. <laughs> like he was, you know, it's as what it, it needs to be exactly what it looks like these days. But um, now here's the thing a lot of people are canceling a lot of things. And yesterday, an article in The Atlantic uh, said, hey, cancel everything. This is what we're doing. Because yeah. the only way to deal with this thing is for us to not all get sick at the same time. Right. We need to flatten the curve. We need to some of us are going to get sick now. Some of us are going to get sick later. Some of us hopefully never get sick. But um, we can't all get sick at once because it'll swamp the healthcare system. It'll swamp everything and it'll, you know, uh, lead to ruin. So is that your point that we just need to sort of everybody stay away from each other, stop shaking hands, you know, wash your hands more so that we can slow the roll of this thing? Cancel everything. Get food and medicine for 90 days and go home unless you have a job where you have to be out in which case wear a mask wear a glove social distance and keep yourself clean at all times suck on zinc lozenges take high doses of vitamin c and when you get home take off everything and don't walk in your house with anything on because the virus stays on surfaces and we don't even know how long I mean, uh, this is going to be a pandemic of epic proportions. There are going to be bodies stacked up outside the hospitals. If you look at Italy, if you look at Iran, uh, if you look at China, it's happening. And our government has been so slow to react. There, It's very hard for people to imagine the the massive acceleration and what's happening now, the massive acceleration of the virus and how many people are currently catching it. And it has an incubation period. And then we're gonna swamp our hospitals. And the problem is that we, we do not have a healthcare system 
that can handle what's about to happen to us. It's, it's extremely worrisome to me. So if you can do anything to stay home from today onward, I would heartily encourage it. I've asked my entire team to stay home for a month. I've paid everybody a one month, uh, amount of money so that they can go out and buy a month's worth of food, medicine, water, supplies, whatever they need. I have a globally distributed remote team. So I have people all over the world. And many of them live in countries where they are doing as poor a job of managing their people and protecting them against this virus as our country is. And uh, so last night we paid out the money to our employees for them to go purchase all their food and goods in advance. We asked them to stop going to church, which is a very hard thing for our employees. We have many employees for whom they play the guitar at their church. You know, they're needed. Mm -hmm. But any place where there is any congregation of any kind should be avoided. Go home, stay home, and don't come out until this thing has blown through. And uh, it's going to be the worst thing that's happened in our life. We're going to have massive economic repercussions. I can't even describe to you how bad this is going to be. <laughs> and people are just not able to even fathom it yet. There's there's some talk, and I'm wanting to be really clear that none of us, I think, here today are you know infectious disease experts. But there's been some talk that, uh, like the flu has seasons where the flu viruses are uh, less active in a warmer climate, that it may be that the coming of summer will slow or even stop this. But you don't believe that? You think we're in for it because it's Well, I, I, I don't know this virus. I don't know what it's capable, capable of except what I've seen happen in Wuhan, in Iran, in Italy, it's blowing up everywhere. And the problem is because we don't have testing kits. I mean, if you look at the countries that are actively testing, like Singapore, Hong Kong, and even Taiwan is doing a very good job of, as you called it, flattening the curve. And they have drive-through testing, mm -hmm. so people can find out if they have the virus. But none of us—we're sitting ducks. That's right. We don't know. One of us probably has the virus. I think we know right who. now, <laughs> and is spreading it to other people. So uh, I'm not an alarmist, but I am a pragmatist. Mm -hmm. And uh, the very best thing that you can do is simply stay out of circulation and don't add to the problem. Don't be someone who either contracts or spreads the virus. Just stay home and stay safe unless you absolutely cannot do that. Well, I appreciate the wisdom. I think that I am going to uh, not follow at least one of those, which is specifically walking in the house naked. I have small children and I don't feel like, I don't feel well, like. You can, you can wear your underwear. Oh, okay. Because that's been covered by your clothes. <laughs> okay. Right? But it's your outside clothing. That and eat, don't that... touch your children until you go wash off. Oh, I don't touch those kids anymore. The soap. <laughs> the soap is uh, good. It uh, The coronavirus has a lipid coating. So the soap actually breaks that lipid coating so that it kills the virus. Well, it's not even kill because it's not even alive. Right? It so, I, so I have a... Uh, this is a... <laughs> This is a somewhat serious, but to, being you are a sex and love expert. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is, so people are be, you know, all people have all sorts of reactions from like, they're not doing anything to like, don't leave the house for 90 days and stocking up on all the supplies to getting every roll of toilet paper they can get. What is that um, about? You know, because if you can't leave your house, you need, you know, I'd rather get 
you know, baby wipes or something, but like whatever. Um, but I think what I, what I noticed is too much it's about so you. interesting that we have this reaction. And one of the conversations I had recently, which was sparked by something I read online is like, we have, I can't, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people die every year from AIDS, but it's a lot, a lot more than have died from this. And yeah, yet, but that's just because we're early on. Well, this no, no. is an exponential sure. growth virus but what of I'm, epic proportions. Yes, yeah, Maybe. And, but people still won't wear condoms. People still won't take like in all sorts of other areas of life. Like we, the, the flu kills many people. There's cancer kills many people. We don't change how we eat. We are unwilling to do things that actually keep us healthy every day for our lives. But then when we get something that's very scary, we'll go absolutely crazy about it. How come we don't take actual precautions all the time. Why don't we wash our hands before we eat normally? Why does it take something that has to be like there are going to be bodies stacked in front of the hospital to have us do anything? Oh, uh, I think it's very hard for people to project into the future and imagine disaster situations. I just think that that's um, a, a part of our prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. that is not as highly developed and, and and frankly, you know, we're a bell curve of IQ. So you'll find that if you don't have the computational power of a high IQ brain, it's just actually more difficult for you to run disaster projection scenarios. Mm. So the people who do things like epidemiology and uh, actuarial tables, they have multivariate three-dimensional prefrontal cortex, highly developed minds because they're highly intelligent people. And so they can see what's coming much more easily than someone who is working with a little bit less brain material, if you will. Mm -hmm. I, this is not how I thought this conversation would go. It's interesting. This is like, I mean, I, I think this is interesting stuff. I love like seeing, I mean, everyone's perspective. Like I'm, I'm just like, I don't you're know. Getting, I'm, you're getting, I'm just not, point. well, I'm yeah. just not gonna, I had this conversation with my mom yesterday. I was like, I'm just not going to live my life in fear. It doesn't mean that you can't be prepared and do things, but I'm just, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm not going to go outside. I'm the likelihood I die in a car accident is way higher than a virus like this killing me. And so for me, no, that's, that's not, that's not correct anymore, Alex. Um, it's very likely that you could die from this virus. It's very likely. Um, you know, I'm very used to people not understanding that there are over 20 STDs that they could catch when they have sex, that, that yeah. most STDs jump the condom anyway. You know, so I'm really used to people dealing with things like how not to spread their herpes viruses. I was just answering an email before, before we recorded our show about a woman who's, who had a new boyfriend and they emailed me and said, you know, uh, Linda has herpes. What do we do? How do I not, how do I not catch it? And, um, I gave them the best advice that I could give them, which is there, there are no hard and fast rules. There are no answers to it. it. It's always a risk because there's no data to explain the shedding of the virus. And um, the reality is that he could catch it. However, here are all the precautions you can take. And generally, these are generally accepted as safe practices for avoiding transmission of herpes. And she emailed me this morning and she said he broke up with me. And I said, mm. that's okay because... 
if you live through the coronavirus, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating, uh, then you'll go on to find someone who's actually willing to take that risk. And everybody has to decide how they want to keep themselves safe, which is what we're really coming down to here is the conversation about what is your responsibility to yourself, but what is your ultimate responsibility to the people around you? to your country. And I think what we're down to at this point is whether you believe that you can catch it or not, what happens is that if you go out and fly around and you're spreading that virus, whether you die or not, you could cause other people to die. And uh, that's how serious this is. And right, we didn't expect, we were gonna talk about how I, how I transform having sex into making love through online coaching programs, which is the bulk of what I've done for the last 15 years. But in at this moment in time, as someone who has studied infectious sexually transmitted diseases, I do have a good sense of what the risks are. And I could not come on the show and you be asking me about how to stay safe and not be this strident and confident that we have a significant epidemic on our hands and you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution and the solution is not transmitting the virus and whatever you can do and whatever anyone listening can do to keep your families and your friends and the people of our country safe and limiting the spread of this virus is to me there are going to be not only massive biological repercussions, but massive economic repercussions from this virus. It is, it is something we've never seen before in our life. It is a black swan event, but it takes time for people to come to the realization of it. I've been sequestered for weeks now. I'm not getting it. I will do everything I can not to get it. And I will learn all the safe precautions and I will pass them on to whoever is willing to listen to me. And I understand that it's not everyone because it's very painful to hear, but I am unafraid because my superpower as a coach is courage. I can withstand and listen to anything that anyone has to say to me, which was what makes me a good coach. Because whatever's going on for people, I want to be present to what's going on for them and help them understand and move forward and not only live, but live to connect in intimate relations that make them feel whole and vital. Okay. Let's all take a breath. Yeah. It's <sighs> serious shit. The thing that I'd like to talk about is uh speaking of disasters is intimacy and <laughs> yeah one of the things i notice is that you um you're described as an intimacy wellness expert and you know yeah. wellness is one of those topics these days that's very catchy and i was as i was driving here this morning the uh there's a billboard about how you can improve your wellness by going to the local dispensary right so wellness yeah. can be confusing if you were to describe sort of the malady or malaise or issue that you deal with primarily in terms of people's intimacy in terms of people's sex or sexual or romantic life what's the what's the number one issue that you think we're dealing with as a as a nation or as a people 
Well, there's a couple of different ones. Um, I think about myself as someone who does two things. The first thing that I do is I remove the roadblocks that are preventing people from having what they want. And what they want in my world is intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. They want to be loved. They want to be held. They want to be touched. They want to feel uh, orgasmic pleasure. They want to be connected in love and ecstasy. And the other thing that I do is I give people permission to have that by removing obstacles. And the kinds of obstacles that people most often have are um, poor role models for love and sex. Mm. So that could come from growing up in a stoic family, never really being touched, being poorly attachment bonded as a child, which about 50% of Americans have attachment bonding issues. So they have a hard time even staying present and connected during intercourse. Um, then there's the whole issue of, uh, this is, <laughs> we'll get to some fun stuff, I promise, right? But you did ask. <laughs> um, they get, they, you know, there's, there's issues of sexual shame, there's issues of sexual trauma, there's religious repression. So those are another kind of category of things. And then there are physical health issues. So there's emotional health issues and physical health issues. And the physical health issues are anything from um, uh, for women, they tend to, to present as um, painful sex, uh, lack of lubrication, incontinence, um, fear of pregnancy, uh, fear of STIs. For the masculine, the male body, it's primarily um, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, delayed ejaculation, inability to climax, um, you know, that, that whole set of of issues. And so what I do and the why I call it intimate wellness is that there are a lot of sexual regenerative um, treatments and protocols that people aren't aware of that are available today that really help fix a lot of those physical issues. So whether I'm teaching someone about gains wave techniques to restore penile rigidity and erectile function, or I'm helping a guy understand what the, what the physical and emotional array of possibilities might be around their inability to have the stamina that they're looking for during lovemaking, or a woman who feels a very low libido and lack of desire. Is that a boredom, a lack of satis sexual satisfaction? Is it anger at their partner? Is it something physiological? Could it be a simple issue of like low blood flow to the genitals or a hormone imbalance or something like that or painful sex? What can she do about that? So that's a lot of what stands in the way for people in having that connection. But they're easy fixes. A lot of those things, sexual healing, trauma release, uh, treatments of various kinds, supplements for libido, hormonal balancing. What's great is that there are so many solutions. Like if you have a problem, I have a solution, which is nice. One of the things that we're sort of presuming, uh, well, I, I enjoy this conversation. Susan, what's your, what's your relationship status? Are you willing to share? Sure. Uh, I've been married for almost 30 years and about 10 years into my relationship with my husband, I no longer wanted to have sex with him. And I didn't realize what, what it was until hindsight. And we went out and fixed our problems and said, oh my God, 
nobody knows this. We need to start a company together to help people understand that sex doesn't have to get worse and worse as you are in a monogamous relations. It, it can get better and better and better. And we are living proof of that at almost 30 years together and the deepest connection, the best sex we've ever had in our life. Nice. So, and you, my friend, are uh, unmarried. You're with a new sweetheart. Mm -hmm. How long? Uh, I don't know. Like it's new months. You gotta, you gotta yeah, measure this it's, stuff. It's important. I, I don't. I mean, do you have to measure it? <laughs> but it's yeah, it's new. Yeah, it's, not it's, that it's, you gotta it's, measure it's... your time. <laughs> and uh, and for me, I've been married 15 years, so I'm sort of in in between you two. And uh, the the thing that I'm interested in is what we're dealing with. You know, I'm uh, 15 years in. This is the longest uh, sing, you know, monogamous relationship I've had with a single partner. And frankly, we've, you know, we've encountered some obstacles, right? Uh, you were listing them off, Susan. And I was thinking, yep, yep. Done that. Didn't do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, fair, they're all very common. Yeah. Although normally at my house, it's anger. So, so, you know, in case you're wondering the, um, but also, you know, like we've had some challenging conversations. I remember mm -hmm. years ago where where our desires were not timed well together. And mm -hmm. I introduced the notion taking one for the team, you know, like what, how and how we negotiated that and navigated that, you know, it wasn't in one conversation one day. So I'm wondering, I think I think, Alex, you've got the thing that we all uh enjoy and remember right which is the newness of relationship is everything well, like amazing well it's funny we just had uh this is this we just had a really interesting conversation because so i'm very this is a lot to just throw on a podcast but i'm very olfactory like a, a smell can take me out and and it can also bring me in right like smell like it just really i just very connect with smells of things um yeah christopher you need new deodorant <laughs> um but the condom smell like repulses me. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's, I have it's, never used that one is, before. It, it, you've never used a condom before? <laughs> no, I've never used oh, that. No, and like, but, but I'm also like a very safe, like I, I'm very, since I, I mean, since I started having sex as a teenager, I've always been somebody that always had condoms. I never was like irresponsible in that way. Yes, I'm not perfect, but, but it's always bothered me. And it's almost like the older I've gotten, it's gotten worse. Mm -hmm. Where like, it just like, it's almost, it's very repulsive, the smell. And so in this new relationship, I was like, hey, we let's go get tested. Let's like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to use them. And so and she was OK with that. And so we both went and got tested and um, which is great anyway. It's a good precautionary whether we're using them pass? or not. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was okay. everything was great. But what was interesting was I got my results right away and everything was exactly the way it, you know, supposed to be, I guess. I don't know whatever that means. The way you want and it. then. She got like the results in like chunks. Uh -huh. Oh, don't have this, don't have this, then don't have this, don't have this. And then the AIDS and HIV didn't come back. And I go, I need to know the answer to this. Why didn't it come back? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, I'm tired of calling the doctor. It's not on the recording, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen. And she's like, I don't want to deal with this. She's getting annoyed with yeah. the whole doctor process. And I'm like, listen. If you were doing it for me and it wasn't about if it was some if it was anything like I said hey this is important to me this travel or this dinner would you do something like that for me and she said well yeah of course I said well could you do this for me and she said well yeah I can so I'm sitting there on the couch and she dials a number and the doctor answers and she goes listen my boyfriend won't fuck me if you don't give me the results of this and the doctor pauses and giggles and goes I understand it's <laughs> it's negative <laughs> nice 
But I've never been that's so. That's what she told you. The doctor I, said. No, but I've never been so adamant. Yeah. Like I was like, I want to know. Like I, I want to. That this is an important thing to me. Well, there's. Um, I'm interested in what you see, Susan Bratton, about about the differences of because you've gone through way more you know, sort of hills and valleys of this than we have. What are some of the things that um, you're hearing out of our sharing where I'm dealing with, you know, trying to navigate almost like negotiations, right? My people are calling her people about when and how and is your desire there, is mine there, is this the right time? Whereas uh, over here, your negotiations are all about... We're, I mean, we're talking. We're like having very, you know, and like we might get thrown into our stuff, mm -hmm. but we're like trying to talk our way, you know, we're, we're trying to communicate and say what's important and what matters. And I mean, we're having real conversations. They're not always easy. Yeah. Um, a couple things. Well, Alex, I think you might have a latex allergy, which is why the smell of the condoms bother you so much. And mm. you might want to switch to if, if in the future, if sure. you have to go through this again, um, polyisoprene or polypropylene condoms, they are not as, uh, they have a totally different, uh, smell and that could help you. Okay. <laughs> also, you, you can use them with oil, which is, have you tested that? No, no, no. I've never even, I don't have any other right. like reactions. So I've never thought about being allergic except for the smell as a reaction. The smell is probably your body telling you that there's something off about that latex, mm. which is a, a tree, a sap from a tree that's, um, it, it's, a, it's allergic to, most people have latex allergies. It's, I think more people have it than don't. It's very, very common. So try that next time if you need to. The second thing is good for you for being so adamant about your safety. Um, I really appreciate that um, stand that you took for sexual safety. And I really like the fact that you recommended having a screening in so that you both got your test, your, your tests and then could have, you know, unprotected sex in that way. Obviously, you've got to worry about... Um, pregnancy and conception. So that's a separate conversation. And, and I, I just want to weigh in on that too, because I of course have an opinion about that as well. Um, and that is that <clears throat> I'm very adamantly against the birth control pill. And I'm very for um, essentially what we used to call the rhythm method, which is um, basal temperature rate and knowing there's so many good uh, fertility awareness methods now apps that you can take your temperature every morning and they're they go into a database against millions of other women and they tell you your five-day unsafe window so that you can have non-protected sex all the rest of it and then use protection during those times to prevent pregnancy instead of ruining a woman's hormonal profile for life taking the birth control pill so a lot of bad news is coming out about the pill these days and i think it's important to teach men as well as women people across the gender spectrum about this so that everyone can protect everyone hey we're all in this together and we're always learning new things about what's not good for us what you we used to all smoke cigarettes well i didn't you know you know not all of us did, but right. We, and then we learned it was bad for us. There's a lot of things like that. And the pill will come to light as one of the worst things that happened to women over a period of 40 years in our, you know, in, in the, in, in the history of, of, um, birth control. <clears throat> so the second piece of it is, um, I have a program. So as a coach, what I do is I create online home study courses that help people Go at their own pace and learn the skills that are required to have the intimacy and connection that they want. 
<clears throat> and one of my top selling programs is something called Revive Her Drive. And it's for men in relationship who feel that there's mismatched libido, where they want more sex than their wife or girlfriend wants. And it essentially explains the difference between the masculine and feminine and what it is that why she doesn't wake up horny and why she's not pursuing you for sex. And instead of feeling rejected or there's something wrong with her or, you know, that there's this you know, well, it's always going to be like that. So we have to negotiate it or she's got to take one for the team. Um, It flips that. And and I'll give this to you, Christopher. I'll give you this program so that you have it. It really flips things around so that you understand, you get into her world and you're able to work with her in a way that has her become the sexual woman that has been buried inside her. And you help get that woman out out of her so that she's scheduling sex with you. Hmm. So she wants as much sex as you do. So she's not rejecting you. And your sex starts to get so good for her that she wants almost more than you can give her. And, And I think that's the trick is really that nobody teaches men and women the differences and how to resolve them and work in a way that gets you both really turned on and wanting to be intimate frequently with each other. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I'm I'm like Christopher. Do you have time for that? You're a busy guy. Wow. I um. It's funny. I'm actually used to relationships. I think I have a pretty high sex drive, and I'm actually used to relationships where women were had a higher sex drive than I did. 
And I was like the one that it was like, at first it was all exciting. And then I was like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> um, and I, it's, and you didn't take me to dinner. Well, well yeah. it was funny. We looked at it. I actually got some amazing coaching from a coach that we know about this. That was that she pointed out. She was like, it's perfect that you would find women that have a higher sex drive than you already do. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, your whole thing, you know, at the, the subconscious level is you're not enough. Mm-hmm. So what did you do? You found women that would have you ultimately could never be enough because you're always trying to yeah. kind of chase that. And I was like, oh, that's that's some deep. But you don't have that problem. That's not. <laughs> well, I, no, I, uh, what I appreciate in hearing, uh, Susan, your response is that I can hear how it, how it sounds, you know, because I, um, of course, we've, we work with clients and you hear things that are sort of thematic. But one of the things that I'm uh, often complaining or, or talking to my friends about is that it's not exactly like there's not a desire there, but I like what you pointed to about it's not the same desire, right? Because every once in a while, the, at my house, the circus comes to town, and it's all the circus, all three rings, like, you know, there's tricks, there's animals, there's acrobatics, right? And then it goes away, and I've just been, like, waiting, you know, like, I hope the circus comes back this week, right? Uh, as opposed to actually talking about it, because I've learned from the past, you know, how many, how many years that uh, talking about it doesn't bring the circus back at my house. No. Whereas, you know, at your house, it sounds like it does. I wouldn't call it the circus. <laughs> Why I don't not? Know if, I don't know. I, that, I mean, Susan, Katie, I mean, you could chime in more than I am. I just feel like if you call it the circus, it's that's it just doesn't seem flattering. <laughs> well, there's two things. Number one, um, Alex, I think if you were in a longer relationship, you'd find that the sex with her would dry up. So um, because you've been in a, you know, a, a series of probably, you've probably done um reasonably short-term serial monogamous relationships. Um, You just haven't been in a relationship long enough for her to get sick of having sex with you yet for you to deal with what Christopher's dealing with right now. And it's like, you're you're not wrong. You're you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. And um, thank you for for cursing. (laughs) (laughs) It's really common that um, guys, uh, first of all, you know, you, it's not really, I mean, Until you have the right tools talking about it, it she's going to walk, she's going to run circles around you verbally anyway. So you can't really win an argument around sex. That's <laughs> right, useless. Yeah. So you've realized that. Well, and so now you're just laying in wait. Right. Yeah. You know, you just lay in wait for it to occur. <laughs> exactly. But what I'm saying is you can actually learn some things yeah, that yeah, allow yeah. you to create those conditions oh, uh, much more frequently. Right. I'm all in on this revive her drive. So where do we find yeah. that? First of all, where does everybody who's listening, who's, not me. Yeah, it's, it's at reviveherdrive.com. Okay. And I give away some uh, free reports that explain the basic concept of what to do. Um, there's four steps to revival of your sex life. And um, what happens is, in a nutshell, that the four steps back are romance and sensual touch and polarity and uh, some advanced sexual mastery techniques that uh, really help get her to want sex again. Um, and that's kind of the four, the four pieces. But within each one of those steps, there's tons of different ways you can do it. So the program is actually, here are all the different things you can do because you have to pick, you have to essentially cherry pick from the ideas because your particular partner 
you'll know which things your partner will respond to and which things that wouldn't work for them because every people are so different. So, um, and I always say to guys going through the program, they say, well, you know, um, should, you know, should I tell her I'm doing it? And I'm like, no, the whole idea is you're going to show up as a different guy and you're going to become the guy she wants to have sex with. And this is about how you become fuckable to your wife, right? All of a sudden she's like, oh, what is it about this guy? I like him again. Uh, and my Yoni likes him. I want him. And and so not telling her is my recommendation. And then guys say to me, well, my wife controls the credit cards, so I can't really buy this. She'll find out. And I'm like, well, there's your first problem. Right, exactly. <laughs> because one of the four things was polarity. Like if you can't freaking spend $97 on saving your marriage because your wife will find out, you are like the most, uh, you got a bigger problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, happens. I, 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 when are you going to start this? What's your declaration? Because I want to see if I notice a change. You're like, come in much well, more. Well, he'll relaxed. be happier. Let yeah. me put you. Let yeah. me, everybody will be happier. He's late everywhere, <laughs> he's, right. but he's happy when he shows up. <laughs> exactly. Disheveled a bit more. But all right, let's talk about uh, you've also got, and I love this because everybody's looking for a magic pill. You've got a method that you call the magic pill method. What is that? Give us, what does that do? Yeah, I need that's that. an interesting one. Um, the magic pill, is that magicpillmethod.com? Uh, it's a free, uh, it's a free ebook. <clears throat> and essentially what happens is I get so many emails from people. I've got this problem. I've got that problem. My wife, this, my husband, this, my girlfriend, this, my boyfriend. This. And there are all these issues, whether they're emotional or physical obstacles to sexuality, they're not having the sex they want. And this magic pill method is essentially an exercise, a structured communication strategy that helps you talk. So what happens is when there's a problem, people just stop talking about it. They don't, they don't really know how to solve the problem. And so they don't talk about it. And then they stop having sex and then they stop touching each other. And then they end up in a platonic relationship. And then they don't live as healthy a life because they're not having frequent, wonderful, orgasmic bliss together. So how do you short circuit that? I can't answer every single question of a million people in the world mm. individually. So how can I, you know, teach people how to solve the problem themselves? The first thing I had to do was get the conversation on the table, if you will. But that's what scares people the most is talking about the problem. There's a lot of guilt, shame, blame, anger, victimhood, feelings of rejection, you know, whatever, longing, et cetera. So this conversation model is how you, you sit together on the couch holding hands. You're, you've eaten, you're well-fed, you've got water, you're emotionally calm. And you talk about, you come to the conversation with one of those pros and cons lists, kind of like one piece of paper with a line down the middle. Here's what we used to do that I miss. And here's what I could still do, even with whatever the issue is, staying unresolved. And then here's what we might be able to do to resolve the issue. So if it's, you know... An erectile dysfunction issue or painful sex issue or something like that. Those are physical issues that can be fixed. 
Hmm. Uh, you can reverse ED. You can fix vaginal pain. You know, those, so so there's some things you can fix, and there's some things you can't. Right. So when you begin to work from this is what we used to do that I miss a lot. And here's the part of it that I miss. This is what I miss the most and why I miss it. And then here are things that I would like to do, even if we can't do some of those things. And then here's what the real problem is and how could we solve it? Let's go figure out if there's a solution to the problem. That's what the magic pill method is. And it helps couples heal their own issues. Most Sexual issues are not healed by sexperts or therapists or doctors. Most issues are healed by the partners working together to fix the problem if they just have a structure to follow. It's really uh, time and again we're coming back to reconnecting. Um, is that is that what you see is happening is that as people, not only based on our conversation about the current COVID-19 crisis, but in general, are people just uh, less connected, less intimate? Is, is, are you seeing that, you know, our digital lifestyle, our, our rushed lifestyle, our go, 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 or maybe even is it a generational thing where um, we were sort of out of practice of conversation? Yeah. I was watching one of your videos, which I thought was really, you were talking about, um, it just reminded me of it, how quickly we rush or move into sex now. Like yeah. we don't actually, and I, I mean- It's a swipe I, away, right? I think in, in, you know, I'm 38. So in the time frame that I've grown up and had sex, like that's actually the norm. Oh, you like, don't look it. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's like somewhat- somewhat feels normal, the pace in which it goes. I was telling, I don't know if I told Christopher this or my, like in almost every relationship I've ever been in from five year engagement relationship to year one or two, almost everyone started first night sex yeah. or second night sex. Right. And so uh, the person I'm seeing now, it was like, we actually were, weren't, it was like a month. We were both traveling. We didn't see each other for almost the whole first month. So it was the first time that there was actually just texting and phone calls and, and video chats with no physical intimacy, which was super weird. I hadn't, I hadn't, that to me was like, wait, what, what, what happens if we get back and it's like not good or mm -hmm. it's weird or we don't like the way we kiss. Like for me, it was always, oh, we get to test this out right away. And if it's not good, you can walk away. What's the... I'd love for you to talk like here the impact on that because that's a big connection piece, how we jump right into the physical connection, maybe without any other connection. Yeah, I think everybody's different. And for some people that works and for other people like that, that's been your MO. And I think yeah. that's the MO of many people, but not everybody. There's lots and lots of people who wait a long time. There's lots of, you know, 40 year old virgins still, believe it or not, there's a ton of people who still haven't lost their virginity at 40 or 50 years old. And they're, they're people you work with. They're people, they're, they're, they're people in your office right now. Um, so it, it really is like everything human. It's, it runs all across, there's always a bell curve of human response. And what I can tell you about your sexuality is that your sexual development is personal development. Your, as you age, as you mature, your sexuality is constantly evolving. And for listeners of The Coaching Show, they are oriented toward learning new things to get better, which is one of the reasons I was delighted to come on to your show. 
because people who want to learn new things to get better are my people. And within those, within that group of people who understand that knowledge is power and that personal development is a part of what makes your life get better, you're striving to become more. Both of you, Alex and Christopher, embody that. You know, you stand for that, even just in how you approach everything. You're open to learning. You're taking new information in all the time. You're thinking, you're analyzing, you're moving forward. The, there's that group of people. And within that, there's a subset of those people who understand that that's their, that's their approach to their sex life too. And that their sexual development, their sexual growth is part of their personal growth. And that if they are lifelong learners about sexuality, they can keep making their sex life better. You get good at sex when you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s. Up until about that time, you're learning new skills, you're, you're, you're laying in a lot of foundational experiences and knowledge. By the time you get into your 50s, 60s, and 70s, you've got a good base of knowledge and you really can take off. Your sex life can get very, very good in your midlife and beyond. So um, what I would I can say learn generally to apply is the clown just makeup properly. Go ahead. Learning new skills is how you can do what I call getting on the upward pleasure spiral, where sex keeps getting better and better and better instead of worse and worse and worse. And that's really the dividing line is that mindset. There's, there's so many thousands of things to talk about with regard to this. What's the, um, I, I love that you pointed to sex as, a, as an upward spiral and the opportunity to continue to learn and grow, whether you're in a partnership or, or a not or however it works. What are you seeing as the as the nation or as the world uh, gets older, and the generations are you know continuing to shift? When I was uh, a young person, seventy was super old, and we never considered those people as sexual beings, right? And now, you know, we're I mean, you know, arguably one of the biggest rock and roll bands in the world is in their late seventies, right? Still being sexual, you know beings. What's the, um, what are you finding that people as they get into their sixties and seventies are dealing with sexually? Is there uh, much difference than people in their thirties and forties? The one thing that people are starting to, when, when you hit about 40, your blood flow, uh, your nitric oxide production, by the time you're 40 or 50 is about half what it was in your twenties. So, and then also you're entering into andropause or menopause, perimenopause or andropause. So your hormones are starting to decline. Those two things have the biggest impact on your sex life in your middle age. So people who are taking a nitric oxide booster, who are doing bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, who are um, supporting their natural testosterone, you know, their testosterone with you know, high intensity interval training and eating leafy green vegetables and, you know, women who are getting a lot of healthy fat. So they've got, and taking a nitric oxide supplements. So they've got lots of blood flow to their genitals because women don't make, women don't have glands that make, that lubricate the vagina. It, it actually is a mucous membrane that 
you have to have blood flow for the, the your blood plasma is what makes your vaginal mucosa have uh, lubrication. So what is happening for people who are standing for their sexuality as they age is that they're going in and they're remediating the issues that happen as you age by doing the things that they need to do to support a youthful physical, sexual vitality. So I see that as a big trend, is essentially sexual biohacking, sexual mm. regenerative therapies and treatments, reversing ED. If they first signs of ED for a guy, he should be doing using a daily, uh, every other day doing a vacuum erection device, a penis pump. They should be pumping every day. It's every other day. It's self-care for men. I'm trying to get that stuff out of the shadows and into the bedroom. Women can be doing... Uh, red light therapy intravaginally to keep their vaginal mucosa in good shape, using bioidentical hormone replacement creams, getting gains wave treatments for guys, uh, keeping their testosterone high, all this stuff. Once they seek out the solutions and they're like, oh, there are things I can do. Okay, tell me more. An O shot, a P shot, these are... Um, PRP injected into the genitals that restores the tissue. Because as we age, we we desiccate and we collapse. Like we're literally, you know how old people are shrunken and wrinkled? How dare That's you? That's what's I am, happening. I can hear you. Our genitals. <laughs> so how do you keep them plump and thrumming with blood flow? Blood flow is the most important thing for our bodies, blood flow to your brain, to your heart, and to all your parts. It's that and healthy fats and a daily vitamin, like just doing those three things, like good omegas, or taking a spoonful of cod liver oil, taking a nitric oxide booster, taking a libido vitamin of some kind, those things really go a long way to keeping you sexually robust and full of drive. I got to say going vegan, mm -hmm. there's an impact. There's, there's a, there's a difference in, uh, the way I wake up in the morning. Wow. Um, which I wasn't expecting any mm -hmm. changes or needing any or thinking about it, but right. I went, Oh, there's, there's some, there's just differences. And I mean, as, as I hear Susan talk, it's like the, the I'm eating a lot more greens. I'm eating a lot more vegetables. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm eating a lot less heavy, dense fat starchy foods. So maybe it could be there's something going on or I just feel better. So then I'm more. That's what I, that's what I notice is also there's a, there's a double whammy, right? Because if we're getting to the gym, if we're eating right, if we're sleeping well at night and all those things, then at least for me, you know, when I look in the mirror, I'm not like, Oh, that, that's an old guy tub of goo, right? Instead, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking all, you know, I'm doing all right for my age. And if I'm good. feeling good about that, then, you know, when my partner's around, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Because that's how yeah. things get started. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. And Alex, I was going to say, I would definitely um, do two things if you're a vegan. The first is I would look at an algal, an algae-based um, uh, oil. Uh, you need some healthy fats beyond just nuts, seeds, and avocados. You've got to get some extra fats in your system as a vegan yeah. and also B12. And I would recommend that you do a genetic test um, for a couple of main genes like COMT and MTHFR. Because if you have an MTHFR allele, a polymorphism, which about... 50% of the population probably does have at least one, then you're not able to methylate um, 
cyanocobalamin, which is, or the typical B12 vitamin, you Mm -hmm. need a methyl B12. And um, at 38, you're not going to notice the effects, but by 48, like right now, this is when you need to be really focused on having the micronutrients that your body can't produce, especially on a vegan diet, or all that energy that that sexual vitality that you're feeling now will diminish very quickly. So you got to get your healthy fats in, you got to get the right B vitamins in and vegan, it's hard to get a good profile. So read up on that on the internet and focus on that. Yeah, no, that's great that you, and I, I, when I started this, I just started working with a naturopath. So we, we had done, it wasn't, she didn't ask me to go vegan. She asked me to change some other things about like gut bacteria and like whatnot, but I decided to go vegan and the coincidentally, and I'm, and I'm taking vegan on as a year long experiment. So it might not be forever. Who knows? But one of the cool things is we're doing like every 90 days, blood tests and looking at everything. And she did this. She said the same things as you. She got me on some, um, she put me on DHEA. Um, she put me on, uh, vitamin D vitamin B and like in very small, she's, you know, I love to cook. I love to, to make food. So it's, I'm not a vegan who's sitting around eating potato chips, all day long. Um, but she pointed out some similar things like, Hey, there's some things that you're not going to get. And there's some things around your testosterone, um, things that are specific to you as a man that you need to pay attention to. She also said something when you talked about vitamin B and vitamin D, which I thought was really funny is like living in Southern California. She's like, your vitamin D is really low. And I'm like, how is my vitamin D low? I live in San Diego. And she goes, yeah, but you use sunscreen. So you're not getting any of those rays from the sun, which is a big impact on your energy and your overall vitality. Yeah. And, and she, and I went, God, you you can't win here. If you don't use sunscreen, you get cancer. If you use sunscreen, you don't get vitamin D. But I think the thing that you're pointing to that I'm getting that is, we just don't know what we don't know. So like, I don't, these tests you just said, COMT and MTHR, like, MTHFR. They call it the motherfucker gene. MTHFR. (laughs) It's a methylation issue. You can't methylate. You can't, um, you can't uncouple the, Mm. you can't, your body can't absorb and move things through. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, very common. And it's particularly common in Hispanics. This has been such a wide ranging conversation. Right. There, the the people that I feel that may have gotten left out a little bit of our chat today are people who are uh, single, yeah, right? I'd whether, love to talk about that. Whether it's uh, you know in the young in the glow of our youth or the glow of our old, um, people are single a lot these days. So yeah. what's the what what do you encounter and what do you want to say to people who are single and how how can we support people who are single and having a robust intimate sex life? Yeah. There are two things I recommend for single people. The first is masturbation. <laughs> masturbation is fantastic. But and not just for single people, folks. Go ahead. That's right. <laughs> for everybody. Masturbation is healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good for you. And it makes you a better lover. So that when you do find someone, you're better at sex, you're better at orgasm, you're better at ejaculatory choice as a man, um, and it keeps you healthy. So if you are currently not in a partner relationship, and you want to be, because not everyone wants to be, some people don't want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and that, again, we're always talking bell curve with the homo sapien sapien. Right. So masturbation is really good and using sex toys is very healthy 
for men and women, for people across the gender spectrum with any equipment that you have. There are wonderful body safe, high quality silicone sex toys. I like Fun Factory, Hot Octopus. These are some of the, these are two really good brands for men. The Hot Octopus product line is excellent for masturbatory toys that really feel good. So, and for women, I think Fun Factory and Hot Octopus have incredibly amazing and a wide variety of super premium products. Um, a lot of the big brands that you're aware of out there, they don't use very quality ingredients um, in, in the makeup of their products. Mm. And you really want to be body safe, especially because the vaginal mucosa is a very delicate system. The female urogenital system is very delicate. So um, I think masturbating is really good. And then the second thing is people don't, people get wounded out there in the dating world. You know, Alex, it's ne it hasn't been 100% great for you. I'm sure you've gone through a lot of, you know, frustrating yeah, moments yeah, over these last 20 years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's impossible to not. I mean, unless you're just totally shut down and then there's probably other things obviously going on. <laughs> right, so stuff happens when you interact with others. And for some people, 20, 25% of people, they get hurt and they withdraw and they don't want to put themselves out there again. People hold on to betrayal and mm -hmm. things that have happened to them and they can't trust again. And, or they've been out there and they've been hurt over and over and over and over again, disappointed, rejected. And they think there's no, it's horrible. There's nothing out there for me. I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I say to people, Two things. Number one, there are so many people out there just like you who want to, who have so much love to give mm. and they want to love and they want to be loved that know that you are not unique and they are out there and don't give up. And the game is played online online dating and people are like, no, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, that's where you find love in the 21st century. You have to know how to do it. Mm. I did a free video series on my Better Lover YouTube channel that's called Midlife Dating because that's when people really get stuck. When you're younger, yeah. you haven't been yeah. hurt enough, but by the time you get to midlife or you're coming back in the market after a divorce, you're super gun shy. Yeah. So how do you do online dating so that you protect yourself and call in the one that's right for you? And so I encourage people to both get some sex toys, play with yourself, have lots of orgasms, keep your sex life and your sex drive juicy and flowing yourself in preparation for having someone to love. I want to, we didn't touch on this at all. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really curious because since it's perfect, since we're talking about um, masturbation, how do you, how do you weave a pornography into this conversation? Cause I know like, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not one to, that would throw pornography as bad or good or anything and more about like anything else, how you use it. What's your relationship to it? How do you connect that to this conversation about masturbation? And what's your yeah. advice or thoughts on it? Yeah, you guys are fearless. Thank you so much. Um, this has been a very courageous conversation that we've all had. We have been tackling 
some very serious issues today. So thank you. Most people are afraid. You guys are bold. Um, I'm honored, honestly, to be in this conversation with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I stand against pornography. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not, I don't mind taking a stand about anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's my opinion. You mm -hmm. ask me. I'm a friggin' expert. Here's <laughs> why I don't like pornography. I think pornography is a multi-billion dollar business that preys on men's need to move ejaculate out of their system. You guys need to ejaculate frequently. You're biologically driven to do that. You wake up horny every morning because your testosterone peaks in the morning and you've got to move that ejaculate through. You got to blow it out. And there are some men, we're back to the bell curve. We're always on the bell curve, right? There are some men for whom when they ejaculate, it makes them depressed. It makes them feel bad. It lowers their um, energy level. It saps their strength. But that's not most men. Most men are up in the middle or the high end of the bell curve. They're on the other side of it where they need frequent ejaculation much more than women. Women need they're not driven to need it like men are. We are hormonally cyclic on a cyclical on a monthly basis, which is why the circus comes to down once a month rather than every day. I didn't say once a month. It would be nice to have that kind of schedule. Go ahead. Oh, we're going to get you there. Don't worry. I, I'll tell you what you need to do. It's it a is, total it is, mystery. It happens sometimes. It's, you never yep. know. Moving on. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's this is you are. This is how it goes. This is totally normal, this, your situation, but you can easily improve it with what I'll give you in the Reviver Drive program. So going back to masturbation and pornography. So, so porn has grown up giving men something to look at to satisfy the drive to ejaculate. And the problem is that if you look at the data, I'm a very data-driven person, which is why I have all this certainty around the things that are happening right now with the viral, viral spread and the hockey stick that's going to happen. Um, the problem with pornography is that if you do a random sampling of hundreds of pieces of pornography, uh, the data shows that 96% of it is degrading to women. So what happens is when you're seeing degradation of women continuously and when you are using that visual to ejaculate, you're, you're jacking your system where you become inured to degradation and where for many men, not all, but for many men, they need to look at more and more and more different and different, uh, more extreme, more hardcore, and they need more to get off. And so it hurts men and it hurts women. If men can spend more time on fantasy or creating mutual masturbation with their partner or masturbating with their partner, even if their partner's not interested, but they're, but it create, when you get to the point in your relationship where, Hey, you're in bed, and she's watching TV and you're masturbating or whatever, and it's not shameful and people understand it. And she might, she might want to use her vibrator while you masturbate or whatever. And that becomes normative in your relationship when you can get to the point where you're that comfortable with each other, that she understands that you have a need to do this and it doesn't weird her out. That to me is a great relationship. 
or where she could tell you a dirty story while you masturbate, or she could dance sexy for you while you masturbate, or whatever, where you're having an involvement in your own sexual health instead of being furtive or shy. Because the problem is that if you're furtive with masturbation and you're masturbating quickly so that you're not bothering the people in your home, when it becomes something you have to hide, then you're masturbating quickly, which is increasing your chances of premature ejaculation. You're training yourself to come too fast. Mm -hmm. And so then that has downstream effects on your sex life with your partner. And so getting these things out of you know, the, the private and into the relationship, normalizing them is where I hope we're going as, as a people who love each other and who understand the physiology of our, you know, the biology of our, you know, our inherited biology and how our operating systems run, how a woman's operating system and a man's operating system are very, very different, but, but beautiful together. And by the way, if you're same sex, that is just as beautiful. I'm not saying I'm completely in support of gender spectrum equality, non-binary sexuality. That is all good. And it's growing by leaps and bounds. So we just having sex is good for you. Whatever sex you are, whatever gender you associate with, that's all good. What a, well, we'll have to leave it there. What a great note to end on. It's all good. Uh, Susan Bratton, you can find her everywhere. Go to betterlover.com or magicpillmethod.com. Or if you're uh, interested in what I'm interested in, reviveherdrive.com. You can get all of those things. Um, I want to thank you both for an extraordinary conversation. Susan Bratton, thank you so much for your important work. Thanks for being with us today. And thank you for your commitment to getting information and support and growth and learning out there in the world. Yeah, thank you both so much for an, a vital conversation on so many levels. Indeed, and thank Thanks, you, Susan. Alex. We can find you at thedreammason.com and any place yeah. else you're going to be performing anytime soon. Flip the Lens, Flip the Lens podcast that just came out. Check it out on iTunes, Spotify, Accomplishment Media. Great. All right. Thank you both for being with us. We will uh, be back with you. That's another edition of The Coaching Show here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge or people you just need to know about in the world of coaching or coaching adjacent. I thank you, dear listener, for being with us, and we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.